0: Malcolm Honlein is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Friday mornings for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be back from New York. I appreciate that. Um, by the way, speaking of being back, did you hear about the Tel Aviv Marathon today? It was so hot in Israel. Unfortunately, 90 people
1: have been, uh,
0: were, were hurt. Unbelievable. that oh, the they had to cancel the bulk of the race because it was too hot in Israel today. And of course I'm not reached uh, twenty one degrees. Yeah, I'm not laughing about those who are injured or or are not feeling well, but it is pretty amazing that uh that the Tel Aviv marathon is stopped because of hot weather, something that we cannot relate to in this area, Mr. Home. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what was it like coming back to the thir- about it. what was it like coming back to the thirteen degree wind chills? What was that like for you stepping off the plane, I'd like to know?
1: Well, there's always the culture shock, but the weather shock is time was much worse. You
0: <laughs> could say that again. By the way, be proud of me. I started a hashtag. The hashtag is Show the Speech on Twitter and Facebook. We're trying to encourage everybody to show the speech. Our schools, our yeshivas, even the most prominent of yeshivas, our uh, high schools, our day schools, we do find the time, rightfully so, for extracurricular activities. Uh, to uh, leave the classroom for whatever reason, for informal educational aspects, and that's very important, and to be admired. I believe, I say, one of those things that is extremely important to do for our kids is to show BB's speech, the Prime Minister's speech, 11 a.m. It's scheduled for live this coming Tuesday. Let's show our children how important it is to hear the message. As so many are boycotting the speech and making an issue of boycotting the speech, I think it's important that we show support. For the speech, what do you think of our "Show the Speech" hashtag?
1: Well, I'm certainly in favor. I think it's a great idea. I, I don't agree that so many are boycotting um, right now. The number is, I think, 33 in the House and four in the Senate, including a Jewish member, Shatz from uh, from Alaska, and uh, surprisingly Dick Durbin.
0: And Jen, Chica- oh, you are talking about the Senate Jews, right?
1: Right, yeah. and the uh, and in the House, uh, 33, but that is going to decrease, I believe, that some of those who who may have indicated they won't come may yet come, but, you know, we we have to remember this is less than 10%, Talking about a little over 5%, there are 535 members in the House and the Senate, and people focus on a small group that has announced, but if you go back and check any speech, BB's last speech, any uh, speech in the Senate, you'll find that far more than 10% of them don't show up to a joint session, and... In fact, I think the, the attendance will be strong and the um, I mean there are people who are upset and who are angry about it, etc, some who want to exploit it and some of those who won't come are, 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 are people who have traditionally not been supportive of Israel.
0: Some members of the House, including some Jews like Jen Schakowsky of Illinois is, are uh, boycotting. Uh, I would guess we'd have to assume they're in very safe districts for the next time that election day rolls around.
1: Well, nobody's ever in a really safe district. You, uh, you know, and the voters get active, and they don't approve of what uh, their representatives doing. And the fact that some Brooklyn representatives or Manhattan representatives uh, have indicated that they won't go, and I hope that they will hear um, very clear messages from those who feel that they should go, because they're hearing from those who think they shouldn't go.
0: How disappointed are you in Hasidic communities encouraging their congressmen not to go?
1: I don't think they understand the consequence. What well, we're not talking about here is a popularity contest for, for Netanyahu or his election. You know uh, One can disagree, disagree with the process, but it's an irrelevancy now. Now you're dealing with the fact that he's coming, and he's not dealing with, quote, Zionism. He's dealing with the future, the law of our lives as Americans, as Israelis, as, as Jews, as citizens of the world. this is the, the existential danger. And all other issues right now are relevant that we have to show a united front. We have to get back to the U.S.-Israel, the focus on what what they have in common, all the things they're doing together, uh, and and stop those who are exploiting some of the outrageous comments made even this week. And those who who are so narrow-minded and short-sighted to urge congressmen not to go when you're talking about a, a situation in which you, a government that threatens to destroy the Jewish people, it's not just Israel, and, and says it, and, and are doing it. Look what they're doing all over how many Christians they're massacring through directly and through their subsidiaries. Yep. And if they are so short-sighted not to understand that if we don't stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, think of what they could do. They ca- They've captured four, maybe even five Arab capitals already, and the... The, uh, the, the this is without nuclear weapons. I they think if they had just the potential, if they'll be creating a threshold nuclear state, yeah. what this will, how this will change things, and how much worse. And they are reading every message. They are reading the divisions, and this is why I think it's it's such a shame that it's counterproductive, because on these issues we got to have a united front.
0: How disappointed are you in the Black Caucus in the Congress?
1: Well, they, I think they, it was a, it was a mistake. I am disappointed, but individual members I saw Hakim Jeffries just announced that he's going I hope that others will and that m- members will respectfully uh, petition their congresspeople and urge them now that, that it's taking place to, to attend and to you know treat him as you would any other leader hear what he has to say if you don't agree with this message you can say so but at least given not just a courtesy but when, if, if if this was 1938 and somebody had a chance to go before the Congress of the United States to warn about the dangers in Europe, not just the Jews, but to Jews, but certainly if they were Jews, would these same Hasidic groups, would these others petition their Congress and don't go and don't hear the message? And, and the same thing for or the disappointment regarding uh, any element of Congress that in an organized way people have a right not to go. I, I understand it. But I think that, that to have it as a block move which is obviously not holding.
0: Show the speech. We've got to encourage people to support the Prime Minister and to uh, anti-boycott the boycott by showing the speech live and encouraging our youth to listen to the message and understand how important this speech is and how important the message is that the Prime Minister is going to be delivering. This coming Tuesday right now, scheduled for 11 a.m. We're encouraging every, every Today it's easy technologically to show the speech and to gather around the students no matter what is scheduled at that time. During your school day, I had an epiphany this morning. By the way, uh, as I'm reading it, about 4:30 this morning, the top story in this morning's New York Times it says the reports are like something out of a distant era of ancient conquest. Entire villages emptied, with hundreds taken prisoner, others kept as slave. The destruction of irreplaceable works of art, a tax on religious minorities payable in gold. Could you imagine that Genghis Khan is in the second paragraph of the top story in today's New York Times? because that's what they're comparing these and what the assailants are doing, uh, it, it, representing IS. And I said to myself on this Erev Shabbos Zachar, Malcolm, you know, we, we understood through history that it was the Jews who were always the target. And unfortunately, the world in many situations stood by, and we know all that. But now, we, we have allies. We have other ethnic groups. We have other religions. We have large groups of people that are the target of these madmen. And nonetheless, nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to react to this unbelievable story out of Iraq yesterday. Okay,
1: so there are three things you raised. One is that people understand in in two days of fighting, three days of fighting, ISIS took over ten villages in Syria and captured the Christian community. They took 221 hostages. We know what they do to their hostages, especially Christian hostages, but also even... Uh, Muslims with whom they disagree, like in Al Baghdadi, where they also paraded them through the streets in cages, and the uh, and this is going on not just in in Iraq in Syria, in, all over the Middle East, where you see the growth of these of the movement. I S presence now in Sinai, supposedly in in Lebanon, those disputed in in Libya. I mean, but no dispute about the about their activities in uh, in the north uh, near Israel's border even though they're not the major threat of the major movement that's taking place there, but you can have 221 Christians taken. They're destroying the Mosul Library with the most important historic artifacts. All of these blatant acts of violation of rights, and yet, do you hear the criticism? Do you hear the demonstration? Do you see? Look what Turkey uh, becomes a staging ground now for attacks. The Hamas moves its leadership there, they have a training camps there, Hamas, where they're recruiting college students and students from all uh, from the Arab countries who are studying in various universities to train them to go into the, and then they transfer them to Syria for further training and into the West Bank uh, in order to carry out terrorist attacks. No condemnation. Turkey can day after day after day work against America, call for the destruction of Israel and, and a member of NATO, and, and no consequence. And I want to add to your earlier point, show it. Absolutely. Have, have, make this the facility available so that everybody should be able to hear the speech and discuss it. But also, those who live in the Washington area, go to Congress. Stand outside if you can't get tickets. And I will tell you, members of Congress told me this is the hottest ticket they have ever seen. Some who have been there 20 years and 30 years told me they never saw such demand. But I understand people will not get tickets, but you can go there, stand outside, show support, and talk to the press. Because... The critics will be there.
0: Is there an official rally in support of the prime minister in Washington that day?
1: There is. Uh, there are a lot of people who I know are going. There's not an official. We don't have permits and uh, insurance and other things for uh, rallies, but people can gather all around Congress and make their voices heard.
0: And they can hold signs, et cetera.
1: They can do whatever they want if the police don't like it, so they'll take put the signs down.
0: Uh, by the way, some of the artifacts that you alluded to are the esti- artifacts, the statues, the sides of buildings are estimated to be some of them are estimated to be twenty seven hundred years old. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, you would think that there would be more outrage. You would, and again, th- that's the irony of this whole thing. I read this and, and see what's going on, and it's not just Jews, and it's not just small ethnic groups. It's not just add-ons that we saw during World War II when Nazis didn't like certain groups and they decided, you know what, we'll do to them what we wanted to do to Jews as well. These are large religious groups with hundreds of millions of people around the world, and there's no reaction.
1: And the the thing is, the difference when the Nazis, at least in most cases, try to conceal the true nature of what they were doing. Right. Thinking. They advertise. It. Right. They challenge the world about these things, and yet the world is, is absolutely silent, except when it comes to uh, to Israel. And 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 you get an ICC. How come they're not all of them brought to an international criminal court? Right. How come Buenos Aires, Argentina, where they just squashed the Charge against the the president, you know the investigation, and that should go to the International Criminal Court because it's a country that proved that it's incapable of carrying out the investigation in uh, in a legitimate way. Israel, which per, which goes so far in in investigating and acting against any soldier who may have, in a wartime situation, uh, acted in a in a way that they didn't don't approve, and yet and yet we don't see in any of these instances, and I can give you dozens of it of, of what Is happening around the world now, the the situation in in Europe, the situation in Iran. But in every Arab country, and we're seeing them, they're coming to us, the Arabs, and pleading for help. If you think we're apoplectic about Iran, they are much more so, because they see a a, a much more immediate uh, danger. When Libyan uh, militias captured now chemical weapons depots that were left by Gaddafi, Why isn't there a worldwide mobilization to say we're going to destroy them before they they end up killing people, innocents, in in Egypt, in Israel, in, in the United States, anywhere?
0: Unbelievable. From this morning's report, the militants have prosecuted a relentless campaign in Iraq and Syria against what have historically been religiously and ethnically diverse areas with traces of civilizations dating to ancient Mesopotamia. The latest to face the militants onslaught are the Assyrian Christians of northeastern Syria, one of the world's oldest Christian communities, some speaking a modern version of Aramaic, the language of Jesus, it says here. Assyrian leaders have counted 287 people taken captive including 30 children and several dozen women along with civilian men and fighters from Christian militias this according to an Assyrian political activist who had just toured the area in the vicinity of the Syrian city of Kamishli 30 villages had been emptied, he said. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmandtheam.org. And I know that this sometimes might put you in an uncomfortable position, and we don't want to certainly publicly uh, um, uh, say negative things, about the President of the United States, but sometimes certain things need to be said. There's a leadership void that seems to be out there, and a reaction from Washington that is necessary and that's desperately needed in this case, and it doesn't seem to be there. Uh, what is it? I know we're, I know Washington is focused on BB and BB's causing a lot of problems in Washington this week, but why is there no stronger reaction from Washington to everything happening in Iraq and Syria?
1: Well, we have had a confused policy, and and I think there was one very interesting development to to answer your question, and that is the the former ambassador to Syria, uh, Robert Ford, um, yesterday uh, issued a call in which he said that his previous positions were wrong, where he had asked for weapons to the rebels. And he says there that our involvement, when we get involved, we don't have a clear objective and he said the, the, the U.S. approach, the latest approach of building a hand-picked paramilitary force to focus on IS, he said it was doomed. There are too few fighters to take the project seriously. And then uh, he insisted that, that uh, Nusra uh, uh, was homegrown anti-Arab force, when in fact it's an al-Qaeda affiliate whose, ide- uh, whose ideology, I guess, is, is, is exactly the same as IS's. And he, he then just deconstructs everything done. And this is the guy who was the ambassador. And when I was in Damascus, he he I met him there. He was he was the ambassador. If we take each of the situations and we are what we are doing, we let the Houthis run wild in, in Yemen and increasingly taking over um, and consolidating their hold, and we're bombing Al Qaeda rather than bombing is uh, bombing the Houthis in, in, in Yemen. So I can't answer with it, you know, the, the comments that we did hear from administration people this week about Israel were really uh, um, uh, not only disturbing
0: Susan but, Rice, you mean?
1: Well, Rice, Kerry, others... Oh,
0: John Kerry, right?
1: Well, John Kerry yesterday attacking Netanyahu about the war in Iraq well, he voted for the war in Iraq. <laughs> right. And and, and by the way.
0: It just and, uh, and is that the first time that an Israeli prime minister has been blamed for the war in Iraq? I, mean, I oh,
1: don't know. All the time. And if you remember, Sharon argued against the war in Iraq, and, and Israel did not uh, uh, support it at that time because they thought Iran was the more important danger. But I, w- I want to just point one thing. You know that there have been stories, headlines, you, you cited some. Of the current crises, right, that are, right. are going on, these tax killings, mass killings, um,
0: destruction of artifacts, and,
1: and there was what is the headline in the Daily Mail or uh, AFP, Agence France and others? They have they have a video on their sites. They show pictures of flooding in Gaza, and they said in the Daily Mail said hundreds of Palestinians left homeless because Israel opened the uh, the dams, the gates of the dams. The AFP, which is a worldwide service, said, you know, shows pictures of Gaza villages flooded after Israel opens the floodgates. There's only one problem there are no floodgates. There are none. This is complete mythology. And you know that, you know, when you have heavy rains, as Israel and the whole region had recently, in the Negev, you have these flash floods, you have big, uh, you know, these instant rivers created. And there was flooding in Gaza because there was a lot of rain, and they don't put any money in the concrete to use in, in building sewage. They use them to build tunnels again. And here you have, with all the things going on, these are the headlines these media go with, and it's completely a lie.
0: And the Secretary of State is focused on the fact that BB supposedly was for the war in Iraq, and, and look what's happened since then. What a mistake it was. And, and he... we have
1: turned over Iraq, essentially, and this is what you hear from Arab leaders is that, that we've turned over, the West has turned over the keys to Iraq, uh, and you have a hundred thousand uh, CGs waiting to go in. You have a weak uh, uh, Iraqi army of uh, maybe forty thousand uh, men, but it's it's the militias and and the local militias being trained by Iran, uh, Shiite militias who are gaining, and they will ultimately take over. And and we look at what look at Iran. Where where were the, the condemnations of this Holocaust denial contest cartoon contest going on in Iran, in in Iran? Where where is everybody, uh, uh, and and why shouldn't we draw conclusions that the world is indifferent when it comes to Iran? That somehow Iran is protected from the kind of criticism that the Prime Minister of Australia, a, a good friend, uh, the Foreign Minister of Australia, uh, is go, announces that she's going to to Tehran now. That the the that the reports that they have been coordinating Iran with Al Qaeda. Since 2007, we know the names of who, who was doing the uh, Al-Qasam Brigades, were the the uh, liaison in, in this. I mean, it's 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 astonishing when you look at just the blatant facts that have come out. And We visited the IEA in, in Vienna, and when you hear their criticism, these are the guys in charge of, of having to monitor. They're the ones dealing in, the, in Iraq daily. And, and they say, we don't have the resources, we don't have the capability. And it's the unknown, it's the... We know we don't have access to some of the known, but the big danger is what we don't know. Meaning they all believe that there are hidden facilities and others, because the Iranians always cheat, and yet they get away with it. And now Russia is selling them the ot 2500 air defense system, which is a very advanced system, and taking advantage of this, you know, and and, and America's poor relations, let's say with Egypt, so they're selling them a multi billion dollar deal, which we'll see if, if it actually goes through. But France is also selling Egypt uh, uh, jets because we we have a freeze on them. And yet, on Turkey, we have no freeze on other countries that are working against our interests. uh, We have no freeze.
0: And and in Vienna, those were the monitors? Those were the investigators who were saying that?
1: The IEA people, the International
0: Atomic Energy Agency, which is the key agency. And they're the ones... (laughs) <laughs> who say they don't have the resources to do the full job? They say we don't have the technology and the money and the resources to carry out.
1: the nah, that, of, that must uh, have
0: been heartening for you. That must have been oh, encouraging.
1: It was very heartening. Unbelievable. But it was heartening in a sense that they that you know previously when El Baradai was the the head of it, and you know that on the show I criticized him and I made some public statements yep. which really hit him hard when he was running for president. Right. Um, uh, he still corrupted the agency, and Amano has really brought it back, that I, I welcome it, because at least they're being honest, and it shows that this agency is taking this
0: seriously. Yeah, that's true. Um, the uh, How thankful are you to the Christians United for Israel to being one of the only large groups out there to support the speech and encourage the prime minister to get the message out?
1: Well, I, uh, first of all, as you know, I love Kufi and Pastor Hagee, I think he's amazing, they don't do any missionizing, it's pure, he's an amazing guy, and the organization is wonderful, and I invite every year, and I give a major address at their conference when you see 5,000 people come from all over the country, literally every state, and there they come once, maybe twice in five years or eight years, because they have to save the money to come, you know, APAC people come every year, or often they do, but you know, these are really the salt of the earth, the real America, and the polls we have show that the American people support the points that Netanyahu is asserting, meaning that they don't trust Iran, that they they are very fearful, and they even would support, and then if, if the facts prove to be so, military action, which is not something they, uh, that, you know, that they generally approve.
0: Right. Do you think Bibi's going to use the opportunity Tuesday to talk about how much wider the uh, Amalek net is now, and it's not just Jews who are the target, but all these religions, ethnic groups, and it seems any free person in the world they'd like to destroy at this point.
1: All he has to do is quote the Quds commander Soleimani, who talked about the export of the Islamic Revolution throughout the region, and he said from uh, Bahrain to Iraq to Syria to North Africa, that's it. And Bibi has talked about the encircling. You know, that the three sides that Iran is trying to put a presence, Hamas, where they're back in, trying, Mashallah is supposed to visit Tehran, to uh, or this week, Um then the, the, uh, obviously the, the Hezbollah in, in Lebanon, and on the Golan now, where you have a combination of Assad forces, Hezbollah, and al uh, uh, Iran Revolutionary Guard, working to try to, to take out the, um Rebels who are guarding along the Israeli border, Jordanian border, mm. initially they had some successes. They took a couple villages, but it, it, lately, the last week or so, they've really been repelled, and the the rebels have been holding uh, more, uh, more strongly to to uh, the positions. But if you want to show what the fear is, and, and your point is right, that this is not an Israel issue, it's not a Jewish issue. It's, it's uh, you know, if you ask today, Italy... Is the most apoplectic country about IS? Why? Because uh, Libya is 300 miles from Sicily. It's nothing, and they know that their people are infiltrating. They know, it, it, you know, it's close to Europe. You have them active in Tripoli and in Benghazi. They they, they took over some of the um, Al Qaeda camps recently, and. You know when they have twenty to thirty thousand troops in Syria and Iraq that they can export, and they have guys from Afghanistan, Algeria, Egypt, Libya, Yemen, uh, Saudi Arabia, all over, and they have presences in, in in these places. So it is not, and we have to make clear, and people should call uh, Congress people, and they should write letters to editors and call talk shows and say, look at what we're fighting. This is a global danger, and if you add to it the nuclear component, then you are unleashing not only an arms race in the Middle East, but you're going to unleash war that will be uncontrollable because it's inevitable that the tensions will rise in Iran, whose clear aspirations for a, a, a caliphate, by the way, divided with IS, I believe, and, you know, until the, they, they think they can take care of them too.
0: Right, until, until that civil war develops. Right. <laughs> Um, is this unprecedented in history or there were other eras of Islamic dominance where everybody else suffered no matter who they were?
1: Of course there were periods of Islamic dominance, but here you, we're not dealing with Islam. you are dealing with these crazy people and, and people say it's not all of Islam, which is true. And Muslims, are, are, as we see, are, are the victims too of these vicious beheadings yeah, and, and terrible true. things that they're doing. Right. But you have to realize that if it, into the billion and a half Muslims, if one percent are radicalized, talking about hundred million people,
0: right? Unbelievable. Uh, now that uh, Jihad jihadi has been identified, does it matter? Now that we know who it is, does it matter?
1: Well, in, in view of the uh, successful PA law, lawsuit against the PA and holding them accountable for the deaths in and between 2002 and 2004 for six of the attacks in Yerushalayim, 10 families that brought the lawsuit, which is a very important uh, lawsuit, especially because of the efforts of the authority to go to the International Criminal Court against Israel. Now, I think they're going to have to rethink it, that they very well will be the one in the docket, because here's you have a court ruling that ascribes to them responsibility and a, a judgment of $218 million, which under the U.S. terrorism law is tripled, so it's over $600 million judgment against them. They'll appeal, uh, whatever, but... Um, but it's an important message that, you know, you're going to be held to account. And uh, I think it's, it's a very significant uh, declaration by the court.
0: I assume it costs a lot of money to post that, uh, to, to go ahead and prosecute that case, especially over all those years. I would assume you, you would say it's money well spent.
1: Money well, money well spent. Some of it is done pro bono. Some is done by an organiza- by organization and a Leitzner and others. But they had an American attorney who who took the case, and uh, I don't know if they, what the financial arrangement is, but it's it's a very important statement because it, it it puts the responsibility where it belongs, and the you know the federal court is saying that that Arafat in this case and Abbas subsequently right. can be held to account.
0: For yeah, it. my point being, a lot of people would say, "Why are you wasting your time?" You would argue it's no waste of time at all. It's an important symbolic thing and it's an important practical thing. Exactly. Um, the uh, the three in Brooklyn, uh, so we heard about their arrest. They wanted to become part of ISIS. If not, they, at the minimum, they wanted to carry out terrorist attacks here. If not, that didn't work. They were thinking of assassinating the president of the United States. Now they've been arrested, of course. What can be done to stem the tide of ISIS recruitment acceleration in the U.S.? We see what's happened in the Middle East, in Africa. You've described in Europe how people are running uh, to join uh, you know, to a degree, we don't want it happening here, but now it looks like we're on that road. Is there anything that can be done to uh, stem the tide?
1: Look, I think that, yes, I do think there are things that can be done. I do think a lot is being done. I think NYPD is amongst those who are, are doing a lot. The FBI is certainly looking at it. In England, uh, MI5 spends half of its time, half of its resources on the foreign fighters and guys and recruitment. Because some of this is, is being done on the Internet, it means that you have to monitor this constantly. And and they were following these three since, I think, September. Wow. And, you know, you have to make a case. And also you want to obviously get whatever information there is. And it can start over rather simply, I mean, and, and be appear innocent. Uh, and, and you can't always tell when somebody books a ticket to Turkey that this is the beginning of a, of a journey into terrorism and, and killing in Syria. So part of the onus falls on Turkey, and we have to make much greater demands that they control the border, that they stop the infiltration. It's not uh, sealable 100%, but they certainly could do a much better job than they are. And they themselves entered Syria, if you know, this week to take out the remains of a uh, uh, significant figure to them and uh, people living in the compound. And they obviously coordinated with, uh, with the Syrians, with the IS, with everybody, because nobody sh- sh- fired a shot. With this column of 500 the people going into into Syria, um, uh, um, what was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was asking. So much. I, I, so I was asking if there's a way to stem this tide. We don't oh, want to. We don't want to see so accelerated the answer, yeah, recruitment. We have to
1: hold to account, and this is where the Muslim community in America has to play a greater role. Where schools, either public or private schools, that can identify when they see kids beginning to fall, and, and there are patterns for this behavior, like there are for drugs, like there are for other things. Uh, there has to be much greater leeway given to, the, to law enforcement to be able to monitor. I know it's intrusive. I know that there are all sorts of concerns about rights, which I agree with, but the, the, this is life-and-death situations, and, and the recruitment is growing and mounting all over. And no, and no longer do they have to go abroad. They're being told, stay in your countries, train on the Internet, and carry out attacks. So we have a responsibility here now, I think, to put things into the proper context and to look at where we are, what is happening, and and to take whatever steps are necessary to root out those responsible. And there have to be really strong prison sentences, prosecutions against those, not only who, who the kids who were young, those men who were involved, and everybody says, you know, lone operatives, lone operatives. They're never, ever just lone operatives, or very rarely. They're, they're always tied to some recruitment, some imam, some experience in prison, something. That we have to go after those who aid and abet them, those who inspire them, those who, who are engaged in incitement. Until we root out them and countries like Qatar and Turkey that are aiding and abetting these groups, until we stop them and we make, isolate them and punish them, this will continue.
0: Washington's going to be sending uh, Susan Rice, among others, to uh, APAC. The APAC conference starts on Sunday. Do you find that funny after her comments this week?
1: No, there's nothing funny about what's been going on, but I, 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 I find it ironic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samantha Power will be going, and she has been very good at the U.N., but the um, we'll see the message. You know, it's, it There it, it was, it was a long debate about even uh, the administration not sending anyone which I did not believe would be the case. And now they're sending uh, both of them. Uh, we'll see what the, their messages are. Obviously, uh, Samantha Powers uh, has a strong case to make for her efforts at the U.N. on anti-Semitism on, um, against the, the resolution at Security Council. And that's part of things that we shouldn't forget, is that while all the focus is on the tensions between it on a day-to-day basis, there are amazing things going on between Israel a military level, intelligence level with the U.S., um on so many other areas and and we shouldn't lose sight of it and those who say you know go to war and all out the campaign have to think about how important this relationship is and that we can't afford you know to to sever it or to to put everything on the line
0: and you can assure us that none of that has stopped it's all the same level of cooperation i'm not
1: going to say nothing has stopped i'm saying to you that those things have not stopped whether the exchange of information is of the same quality or quantity, I, I, I don't know. I spoke to people in Israel about it. I've spoken to people here about it. There are some who, who, well, you saw the statements. They say, well, we're continuing consultations, but they're not saying, in fact, have said that they're not giving them all the information on Iran, but clearly, uh, Netanyahu, the government, have, have, seem to have other sources, um, by which they're, they're getting the information. And I'll tell you, I think the Arabs are, are just chomping at the bit, waiting for Israel to take the lead, somebody to take the lead on, on this issue. They've told me it. And the the um, their concern about where this negotiations, many of them have thrown up their hands. They believe that it's, you know, that there's a cooked deal already. I don't know if that's the case, and we'll see, you know, very soon. So speculation isn't what's helpful. What's helpful here is to get the message out. I think Congress has to be part of the process. Uh, I think that... Uh, the idea that you can trust the Iranians in any way, if there isn't total transparency, if there isn't total control, and this idea of a 10-year you know, threshold, and then they can start increasing, which means that during these years they will do all the preparations, they will move ahead, they will have clandestine operations, but most of all, it will declare them a threshold nuclear state, and every other country will begin, and are already beginning, to negotiate to get nuclear power as well.
0: How long till we know details of the deal? Within a month, we'll know or not? Well,
1: we'll see if there is a deal, and if uh, if the deal is what people in Europe told us and what uh, we see from, we'll hear what uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has to say about it. Um, we'll know a lot more by the time we talk, God willing, next week. I don't know, but, you know, it, and it can't be looked at in, in narrow terms again. It's not just about Israel. It's not... Uh, about Jews alone, the fact that they threatened to destroy us, and all of the other messages that are, you know, reminiscent of periods of the past. It's that this is a global danger with people who have a long history of lying in negotiations, of dissembling, and that people who are really expert in this and neutral in the circumstance are are as skeptical as anyone could be. And any efforts then, you know, when Egypt tried to bomb, uh, bombs in Libya... After the killing of the 21 Christian Egyptians in, the Coptic Egyptians in, uh, in Benghazi, you know, they were criticized. So they said, okay, put a UN force there. Let's do it, make it an international force and, they, and, and bomb them. And we punished them then for, for taking this action, mm-hmm. which was certainly warranted given the terrible thing that, that took place there. And, and I think we're dumbing down all the values. The, the, the international community is sending a message to the terrorists that we're weak, we can be overrun, we can, uh, we can cooperate, we will turn over countries as we see is happening. Borders are disappearing. And now I'm telling you the Sudan will be next. It will be added to the list of Khamenei of the four Arab capitals. This will be another one. And it, will be, it, could, be, it could be the next. Think of what that means. They've encircled the Middle East, not just Israel.
0: All those Arab countries, I don't know if all is the right word, would like to see the United States take a leadership role and destroy ISIS.
1: They would like to see the United States, the West, not just the United States, but the West, stand up to Iran, stand up to Turkey, stand up to those who are inciting. Why are we still inviting Qatar? Why were Muslim Brotherhood members invited to the State Department and White House? What messages does this send? To the Egyptians. I can tell you what they told me and, and how angry they were. But why are we sending messages that the Muslim Brotherhood is acceptable? That they should be invited into the into the State Department, White House. Some of them who are facing criminal charges in in Egypt. We're just sending wrong signals all the time. It's unbelievable. And whether there's a policy behind it or not, I can't tell. And, and I, I don't want to ascribe, you know, some of these uh, wild theories about uh, why why they're doing. But they're painting a picture that certainly. Is discouraging and quite the opposite, driving um, some of our traditional allies to Russia, to others, and, and to desperation.
0: And I find that the irony of history that on this of of Zocher this year we find ourselves with hundreds of million, if not over a billion people, in the same boat as we are, trying to.
1: It's not a billion; it's the world. Yeah. Africa today, any African leader will tell you about their fears. Look what's happening in Nigeria, and from Nigeria they're now going into Niger, Chad, uh, other countries. It, it's, not just, it's not just the Middle East, and it's not just Europe, which is in danger today, and we didn't even talk about the anti-Semitism there. We'll do it another time, but you can take country by country and look at, at the expansion, and when the Iranians say, we have a chokehold on, on you guys, in, in we control the Straits of Hormuz, and now with the Houthis they control Baba Mandab, which is all the shipping from the Suez Canal, Red Sea, sea the, the, um, into the Persian Gulf and into the Indian Ocean. They they will tell you how that their their outreach now is to the coast of the United States and their operatives, the new weapons that they're developing. You know, none none of their ballistic missile development is covered by the agreements, nor is their weaponization, nor is their research and development. So we're, we're painting a picture here that that uh, certainly will affect generations. It's not a, a question just of, of an immediate danger. This is a danger that will expand and will grow over the years because they have a clear vision. They know what they want. They declared it. They said they want to build the caliphate. We just have to listen to what they're saying.
0: You mentioned anti-Semitism in Europe. Did you see which college campus in the United States had the, was the number one on the list of most anti-Semitism in this country? Columbia University was Columbia, number one. Yeah.
1: Well, anti-Israel and anti-Semitic, right. uh, And and you know, I met students uh, when we were traveling, but it turned out they were American students, and and they did a, this uh, study of them, uh, and the vast majority, uh, in fact, in one group of 150, every one of them said that they personally witnessed or experienced anti-Semitism on campus.
0: Yeah, Show the speech Tuesday. Right now it's scheduled for 11 a.m. Tuesday from Washington. Show the speech to all of our children, to all of our teenagers, to every adult in the community. Make sure you hear the message of the Prime Minister and support the fact that he's speaking to the world from that podium in Washington, D.C. Malcolm, happy Purim. A wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week.
1: And remember, everybody, Misha Nichnas Adar, we are going to be victorious. We will win. We have, as you said, many allies and many others. It's not just about the Jews. We've come to overcome Persians and, and Iranians in the past. As we so note this week, we'll overcome these.
0: Amen to that. Thank you very much. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. So look at it in the context of Jewish history, everybody, especially this week. Look at it in the context of Jewish history. And uh, we will certainly... We will certainly overcome this just like our ancestors overcame with the help of God so many obstacles and enemies in the past.